welcome to Crafts and Crime. I'm Amy. I'm still Elaine. <laughs> and we still have a craft and a crime, Yay! as always. <laughs> so we... Oh, gosh. All these wires. <laughs> I cleaned up in here. And it's like always something. all the I think all the wires were like... Because I rolled everything up to get it out of the way. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of like... Now they're all free. Yeah, they're all <laughs> like wonky. So, yeah, my microphone stand is like loose. Yeah, I just tilted thingy. mine back a little bit too. No, it's this arm thingy. Like I oh, go no. to put it up, and then it's like, like loose. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I was just looking at the news really quick, and mm-hmm. it was apparently. I just, of course, I posted on Facebook. Uh, apparently, um, the atmospheric river storm that's coming through mm-hmm. is being is named Pineapple Express. <laughs> I like that movie. <laughs> of course, I do. <laughs> um. Oh, talking about news, the funniest thing. So Lillian has Avery's old phone, uh-huh. like not like my four-year-old has a phone, but you know, it's just like to put her, what does she call it? Buka Buka. It's the, oh, the Toka Boca. Oh my gosh. Games yeah. on it and stuff. Uh-huh. And, um, and somehow it must have been an ad. She got like a news app. And so mm-hmm. it'll make a noise. <laughs> it's a specific noise for that app. Uh-huh. And she was, she had the phone on her or on the ottoman uh-huh. and she was sitting back on her tablet and she heard it go off and she jumped up and she went and like got it and she's like i gotta check it and she's all you know and i'm like what what <laughs> are like you checking she she's like i gotta check the news oh and i'm my like God. why and she's like okay. because it tells me to i gotta see if the <laughs> i gotta see if there's a car crash oh my God. or if it goes off into the river or if the cops get the bad guy uh. and so i'm oh, like no. what is she like what and i realize when she so opens funny. the app it's just the picture the headline picture oh which is pretty basic either it's like so she gets the gist the, of what's happening yeah police lights <laughs> or like a car crash or something and i'm like oh why gosh. do you have this but she was very like very adamant about why she needs to check the news yeah she and keep up she's got to keep up as my mom oh my gosh she was just because i told my mom that story and she was like do you remember what I used to say at the end of the day, my mom would like get a glass of wine and sit down. And we knew it was like her quiet time. And she was like, well, I'm going to go see what's going on around the world today. Oh, <laughs> and that's what she would. So she asked me, do you remember? And I'm like, of course I did. You said it like almost every night, like when it was the news night and you were going <laughs> to yeah. sit and like watch the news and see what's going on. But maybe Lily gets it from her. That's funny. My dad, um, he calls it the phone news. <laughs> The it's not news. the same as the TV news. It's the phone, phone news. news. He's so precious. He's like, oh, so I was reading on the phone news. Like, oh my god! Like it's a whole thing. Like it's like it never. He'll be, he'll hold up his phone. So I was reading on the phone news. <laughs> That's kind of cute. Yeah, he's seventy three, so he's like, oh. I can just see him like looking over his glasses. I'm like the phone news. The yeah, phone news. It's really oh my funny. Gosh. And I I have a love of news too. Um, I used to. My family actually used to go out to like breakfast kind of not often often but enough mm-hmm. and i would always make sure that i had quarters so i get the paper the newspaper <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> and i and i wasn't just like it wasn't the comics or anything i was like yeah i was yeah. excited mm-hmm. i, I loved used to subscribe the to the newspaper for the coupons yeah yeah so i would get the newspaper yeah. when we lived up the hill mm-hmm. but um I didn't really read the news. I've been in the news a few times. (laughs) I have not. Yeah. I'm like, maybe probably with something like with my band, I think in school, like school band. Okay. Uh, Because, um, well, technically it should have been my choir, but I got kicked out. (laughs) So I think we got in the Salem um, Journal because uh, my school won a big competition. Mm -hmm. Little things like that. So technically I should have been in there. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've been in the news 
Um, okay, so I was like nine and saved my little brother's life. I did the Heimlich maneuver on him. Uh-huh. He was choking on, you know, those balancing birds that um, would balance on yeah, your finger. Yeah, the magnet on their beak. And then, well, no, it, they had weights in the wings. Oh, okay. And so the bird had busted open. And so the metal oh, weight, he uh-huh. had put it in his mouth and choked on it. Oh, I was he was in my room uh-huh. and so I did the Heimlich on him and of course he spit it out and I went to go tell my mom and she was on the phone and you know how even now it's like <laughs> sh- sh- go 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 uh-huh. and I'm like but mom like <laughs> you know and she was like oh my gosh so she called the news and I had just I think why it was newsworthy is my dad had just passed away and then I was in Girl Scouts and I had just learned the week prior how to do the Heimlich. <laughs> it and was then, so fresh. Yeah. And then I saved my brother's life. So it could have been horrible, you know, for our family. But that's yeah. So, so my mom called the newspaper. They came out to my elementary school and interviewed me there. I had my Girl Scout outfit I think on. I remember seeing the picture. Yeah. I think I showed you little baby Colin, his little face. <laughs> little stupid face oh my god have you seen that video of that little boy and him and his little baby brother like dancing he has like long hair he's a hula hoop uh-huh. okay. and then all of a sudden he like leans forward and he like oh, yanks yeah. something out yeah, yeah, of yeah. his i have seen that now oh my god i'll never i never had because i'm the baby mm-hmm. so um i never i never choked I, I remember my mom telling me that um i was so mad because growing up i could have any like obviously not any candy all the time or anything like that, mm-hmm. but like I no jawbreakers, no yeah. ever loving, ever loving. <laughs> we could not have like the gobstopper candies. We couldn't have any of that because mm-hmm. Crystal, I know you're listening. <laughs> she had to choke on an. It was like a dinosaur egg. It was like oh, a little okay. tiny, uh-huh. tiny mini gobs gobstopper jawbreaker uh-huh. in the shape of a dinosaur egg, and I guess she choked out, uh, choked on one, and my mom like, whoing, and it like bulleted yeah. across oh the. Gosh. It was like a perfect choke. Yeah. Like little teardrop shape. And so after, and I think Crystal was pretty little. Mm-hmm. And so after that, mom was like, nope, no more. Yeah. Lincoln choked on a Lego and Troy did the Heimlich on him. Oh my God, hey. a Lego? Yeah. Ew, all sharp, owie. Yeah. I didn't call the news for it though, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I think what made mine newsworthy was I had just learned it in Girl Scouts the week mm-hmm. before. And so it was like fresh in my mind. I was yeah, like, I, I know mean, what to it's do. important. And uh, yeah, Colin was little. He's uh, So I was nine. He was three. Two. No, he's six years younger than me. So yeah, three. I'm thinking about the timing. <laughs> no, the timing yeah. of like age. He wasn't yeah. He wasn't three yet. I it's had like so... just turned nine. And, and a little baby that little is not even going to like turn to you and be like, I'm yeah. joking. Yeah. So talk about observing. And then the second time I was in the news was recently as of like I think it was in 2021, 2020 for the fridge, yeah. <laughs> I was interviewed for my stupid fridge. It's insane the amount of stuff I've still seen from that like uh, I guess LG is falling apart too. Yeah. Um I had a TV from LG last for like a billion years. I think my fridge is an LG, but it's not they ours. Just, it's yeah. Mine. They just Landlords. need to stop making appliances. It's like weird. But like, yeah, Samsung did- refrigerators are horrible. I like their phones, so yeah. So I wonder, like, how they didn't. Yeah. Well, it was the ice maker and then the mm-hmm. cooling system. So our fridge finally like gave out. <laughs> it was a whole big battle, and they yeah. yeah. So, anyways, I was on the news <laughs> for that because I had a um, I almost said USPS a <laughs> CP. CPSC, the Consumer Product Safety Commission. Yeah. Um, I had someone come out because we had a documented um, when when Jack got salmonella um, oh. from food in our fridge. Mm-hmm. And so we had a documented illness. And then I had a piece of plastic break off into, <laughs> my, um, 
into my ice maker mm-hmm. whenever it decided to work. There was yeah. that huge chunk of plastic that... Oh, I still have it. <laughs> I don't think I ever got rid of it. It's like... Did I ever show you? I don't remember. Hold, please. I will find <laughs> it. It's like... It was... Oh, here it is. So it broke off of the... I saved it because I didn't know if I was going to need it. That, is it one of the fingers that pushes the ice out? I, I don't know what this is, but it looks like a bullet. And you can see it's all chewed up from the the gears or whatever. Yep. But I had that in my Weird. cup at the bottom. Uh-huh. And I didn't realize until I opened up my cup and uh-huh. um, all the ice was melted. Girl, why is there a suppository in here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like that. And I'm like, what the heck? And I'm like, oh, this came off from inside my ice maker. Gross. Yeah. So anyways, that, that was the second time I was on the news. But Yeah. I'm glad I put makeup on that day because I thought it was just going to be like, I didn't know I was going to be on the news, but he used our Zoom thing like on the news. I was like, oh my gosh, thank God. That's when the pig got out. No, when the kids were outside and then the pig came in and then he tore up my pantry. Oh my gosh, that's a whole story. When we had a pig, we don't have him anymore. I think we might have talked about that part on one of our mommies after hours. Oh yeah, probably. But yeah. subscribe to our Patreon so you can hear the story. Yeah, it's really <laughs> funny. We're really funny. I think so. I think so too. Okay, you want to do your craft? Yeah, okay. I guess. Okay. Well, you kind of have to. So. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I Whoa. just asked you about your feather, your down blanket, and I was like, "What is that? There's a feather." Feather. On the <laughs> um. So. Okay. I pick screen printing. Oh. Yeah, I have done screen printing before. I made patches. I made band patches once. Mm-hmm. And um, so <laughs> it's really funny. I think we just end up, it's it's interesting because humans have just been crafty forever and ever and ever. So screen mm-hmm. printing is traced back to China. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> During the Song Dynasty, um, which was in the late 900s. <laughs> the late 900s. <laughs> um, <laughs> AD. Weird. And... Um, so the process then was silk would be stretched between a, on a wood frame, but a stencil would be sandwiched. So the silk would be in the middle Mm -hmm. and then the paper stencils are on the top and the bottom. Okay. So it would protect the surface that they did not want painted. Uh Uh-huh. Excuse me. And they would take just their, um, brushes and the ink Mm -hmm. and just fill it in as best as they could. And it was that, that was it. Yeah. It's basically still it, but that's yeah. how that was done. And um it was it was very, very simple, but there's no documentation of who the first person mm. was. We just mm-hmm. know that, you know, um printed fabric has been around forever. Yeah. And between like the sewing, it was hand painted. A lot mm-hmm. of things. I know a big thing on um geisha kimono was those were like embroidered that's and hand painted. Exactly through. what I was thinking yeah. of. And yeah. so um but uh, yeah, a lot of it was just a stenciled pattern or freehanded painted on. So this is how okay. those stencils were um, finished. And it never changed up until the um, late 1800s. That's when screen printing had come to Western Europe. But mm-hmm. it wasn't used that much because the only medium that they had known of at the time was on silk. Mm-hmm. Silk wasn't affordable for yeah. anyone, um, even rich. They w- It was a huge process that they mm-hmm. would have to go to and nobody had had really gotten the hang of it so um it continued in the same method that it always had until it changed in um 
the very beginning of the 1910, a group of scientists who were also printers, their names are Roy Beck, Charles Peter. I always find that funny, like a last name that's a first first name. (laughs) Charles Peter and Edward Owens, they all helped concoct a mixture that was called actinic light. Okay. And what this would be used for was it was what we call in the uh, it's a blocking stencil. Okay. That's what it's called. So at the time, what it was is we call them photo emulsions. Mm-hmm. And again, it's a crazy part of photography that I this kind of helped. But <clears throat> the, the chemistry of photography is insane. But it's the mm-hmm. same um type of it's a liquidy gross (laughs) emulsion Mm -hmm. and they selectively have their stencil and they paint it through the negative so the Mm -hmm. negative spaces where you want your ink to flood yeah so they would paint it through this actinic actinic light Mm -hmm. and they would expose the emulsion to the sun, uh-huh. but they did have UV lights, which is weird. Yeah. Um, this and is then, 1910. Yeah. Yeah. And it okay. would make the emulsion completely harden. But the negative space that was not painted or completely covered would stay super soft and they just wash it away with water. Oh, Plain old okay. water. Just hose it out, scrub it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry. My allergies, my sinuses are messing me up today. So... <laughs> This meant that these silk screens could be used thousands of times. So they basically fell apart as long as you took care of them. Mm -hmm. And um, I find it really interesting, a little tidbit. Each of the holes inside of mesh screen in any kind is called the aperture, like in a camera. Yeah. And like our eyeballs do it. Uh Our Uh our pupils. So so it fills in the negative, the non-negative space of the aperture, the holes. And Mm -hmm. but this still didn't take it took um almost two decades and in the 1930s you know artists were flourishing after the depression people were Mm -hmm. getting back to normal and artists were really coming into their own past art nouveau and they coined the term a serigraph okay and that meant that their screen it was handmade screen printed art instead of the industrial screen printing that had started to take off in a big mechanized world Mm -hmm. so what what was happening now was there was nothing uh personal hands-on to screen printing anymore it was all mechanized and Mm -hmm. so i and i will cover those few as well but it was all mechanized and now wallpaper was being Mm -hmm. screen printed fabric was being screen printed paper wrapping paper which i talked about my greeting cards like all these things any medium could be screen printed on Mm -hmm. as long as it was solid and it even if it was porous it still could be yeah so the different kinds of uh screen printing presses per se um there were a few different kind there was barrel which is exactly as we think it's a barrel and the <laughs> i'm not sure if anyone else is going to really know this definitely generations younger than us are not but do you remember those disgusting paper towel not paper towel towel roll things and you would like pull it down and it would just loop the towel oh around. yes yeah Ooh, and they're all mildewy <laughs> so yeah in case anyone doesn't know it looks like a giant uh, paper dispenser and inside there is a 
loop of towel and mm-hmm. i don't know how they change it and wash it i think there's more in there than it looks like to us mm-hmm. and you would just grab it and pull it down as if it was paper towel and it would just loop around and you'd find a dry spot <laughs> the thought just is horrific so the barrel the barrel was really similar okay um so the paper paper whatever the medium was as long as it could be rolled around mm-hmm. it was wrapped around but the barrel is what had the pattern and the ink oh, was pushed oh, from okay the i can picture it yeah. yeah so the ink is pushed from the inside that's how it is and then it rolls around and it goes out that, mm-hmm. i'm all showing people <laughs> it just goes off down the yeah down, down the way, way. <laughs> exactly down that way so the other kind was a um a flatbed which is literally a flatbed it's rolling and uh-huh. it um has a stamp comes down yeah just that's it literally that's yeah. exactly what it is and the next one is a rotary and a rotary think of a paint roller yeah and so it's constantly re-inking itself and mm-hmm. it's just rolling across the same kind of flat conveyor belt uh-huh. type of system and a lot of times the they go <laughs> it's weird because we think it's like flat but it's not it's a it's a part of like stretching um, and then like knitting and blocking. Mm-hmm. So they have to stretch it out to keep the material from shrinking, getting wet, overshaped. So it's a series of pulling and going up and down and heated to dry it mm-hmm. all. But those are the three main um, ways that uh, it was made. Another part of the rotary also, it was like an like an <laughs> like an old school ringer dryer. So you oh, it was okay. like pushed through rollers for uh-huh. double side oh so that okay. came into being able to print both sides at the same time so that's another thing we don't realize is a lot your posters are screen printed back mm-hmm. in the day they were um but um the each and every single individual color is laid down mm-hmm. individually you know because you can't can't stamp up five colors of a rose and put it all down at once so this process sorry <laughs> this process just continues and it just has to dry because it has to come back around and yeah, be stamped yeah. very quickly uh-huh. so anyhow <laughs> so i tend to always try to end off some of these with like a little bit and bob about because that's it yeah. it's literally exactly the same uh screen printing really took off during war it's mm-hmm. really when it started because they were like, let's support our troops, the paraphernalia, the everything is when it really took off mm-hmm. around the world. Um, and it became very colorful, too. So <clears throat> most people know that Andy Warhol is a screen printer, but he's a piece of shit. So I'm not going to talk about <laughs> him. He's just a thief and he took advantage mm-hmm. of so many people. But he did do those, the Campbell Soup and the Marilyn um, Monroe uh, diptych. Which is like a series of like uh, different screen printed images that are repeated in different mm-hmm. colors. And so that that's what that's. A yeah. Dip, dip. <laughs> so we're going to talk about Sister Mary Carita Kent. Okay. She was a very famous silkscreen serigraph and she was um, artist and she was born November 20th, 1918. And at the age of 18, she actually became a nun. And I mean, obviously, Sister Mary. Yeah, <laughs> she became a nun, and um, which is interesting because uh, she just was. It was just something that she felt like she was drawn to, um, but it ended up being for not the reasons that she thought it was, mostly for like um, the the peace, and so she ended up going to college, 
Um, and she went to school at the, uh, oh my God, I went, oh, it's down here farther. Sorry. (laughs) She, um, she went to college. She ended up getting a master's degree in art history from the Immaculate Heart College, which was a college that was ran by the church, but it wasn't just, um, Mm -hmm. just, you know, nuns and, you know, people that went to the convent. It Mm -hmm. was everybody, but she just happened to go there and she ended up becoming the head of the art department, which I think is really cool. Yeah. And she continued to develop her craft, um, of just art and painting in general, but she picked up silk screening after just sending away for a DIY kit. <laughs> and I think that's really fun. It's kind of how that. most obsessions exactly. start. <laughs> Seriously. Her artwork really did start to transform into the in the 60s to social justice. Um, she was pretty uh, progressive. Uh-huh. She w- wanted art for everybody as most people think it should be important mm-hmm. it is important um she really rallied for love and peace of course uh-huh. she's a nun um and education and she really did not obviously she didn't like the war effort but she also didn't like what women were being put through because the pill was coming through mm-hmm. women were beginning to experience their freedom and really being repressed and she came forward with, with uh-huh. this art that was not my favorite but still really beautiful for the time Mm-hmm. Um, she was really, really well received, and Andy Warhol actually really liked her art and loved her art. She became pretty popular. What ended up happening, though, was um, the cardinal of her church, James Ma- or her order. I'm sorry, um, James McIntyre. He wasn't fond of her in the first place. He didn't really like her, and he he was so mean. He ended up telling all the nuns he bullied them so much, telling them that they were. Um, that what they were doing was blasphemous, that they were communists because they were still women. Mm-hmm. And it was what it was not appropriate that women should be out and learning so much. And he essentially bullied so many sisters out of the convent that they went back to secular life. What? That's they crazy. left completely. And he shut down. Um, they had several of these schools and he shut down most of them and kind of forced the nuns to leave. Mm. But the Immaculate Heart College did stay open. Okay. But, um, she was, she was done. She realized that like, you know, the feelings she had when she was a teenager were those of her youth. And she Mm -hmm. was like, this isn't right. And after that, with the Cardinal, she was, she basically realized that, you know, the oppression she's literally talking about and wanting to fight is happening to her in yeah. what's supposed to be the most like beautiful, safe, safe exactly. Yeah. And so she she went back to her secular life as mm-hmm. well. And she ended up being really, really successful, though, which was awesome. She made several hundred serigraph prints that ended up becoming really, really important. And she had a super successful campaign with the post office. She was the mm-hmm. one that made the love stamp in 1971. Oh, okay. And she had the largest copy written artwork in the entire world. It's called the Rainbow Swash. And it is um, a rainbow. It's a mm-hmm. very simple rainbow and it's cute. And it's on a 150 foot tall gas tank in Boston, Massachusetts. Whoa. So she still has that. Yeah, she still has that um, largest copywritten artwork in the world. 
unfortunately in 1974 it's always the best people it's so sad mm-hmm. not like anyone deserves that but it's just so sad and she got diagnosed with cancer mm-hmm. she got ovarian cancer and it's really sad because she really ended up being so sick and, and bedridden that her art was really limited and that was hard for her mm-hmm. um and she ended up having one more uh or a couple more successful art serographs from bed but she really ended up going just to like gentle watercolors but occasionally she made some posters that um ended up coming out in the very beginning of the 80s i think is when she um she had oh my god what is it she did something she did something <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out later but um she she did as much as she could and she only basically i can't remember she came out for benefits and things just uh-huh. really quickly she would make posters and things for stuff that she thought was important mm-hmm. but it really trickled off because she was just too sick and mm-hmm. really sadly she only lived to be 67 she oh, passed wow. away um september 18th 1986 mm. and you know it's really sad because, like I said, her art is really beautiful and colorful, and I love it. Um, it's just very simple. It, it's mm-hmm. really sweet. It reminds me um, of just, like, just the freedom of just, like, I made a rainbow. Yeah. You know? But it was um, just, I think it really was the heartfelt who it was coming from, mm-hmm. the the message that they had. But, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, in conclusion... Screen printing is really funny and it's fun and it's actually really cheap to do because you can just buy like little DIY kits and mm-hmm. the frames aren't silk any or the, the screens are not silk anymore yeah. for like the hobby. They're polyester, um, but they still are crazy fine mesh. And um, I made like small patches and back patches and then... Um, but because you're not like <laughs> in a professional setting, people still have to do this. You have to go in with like the tiniest little paintbrush because there's going to be like little mm-hmm. bubbles. Like because you take um a uh, at home, you take it's just a squeegee, you do the same thing. And yeah. they call it a squeegee. And um, it's important, though, because the first pass of ink when you put, I probably should have talked about this, but I can tell you now when you put your ink down, the mm-hmm. first pass is smoothing it so that it's even you're not trying to push it hard though and that's kind of the mistake that's made so you push it forward away from you and it smooths it like you're frosting but you're not pushing down you don't want to do that yet you're smoothing gently and then you squeegee hard forward and the hard pushes it down and through and onto your material but if you do it too hard you're gonna like yeah and it will like mush out yeah it seems like it's something that's supposed to be super easy and it can be really difficult but if you start with like a super easy stencil um and get like the emulsion Mm -hmm. it's just like painting elmer's glue is what it seems like but Mm -hmm. um like i said the part that you you just take it outside in the sun yeah like and then yeah Mm. that's cool (laughs) lame yeah no (laughs) i was like i was so sorry i leaned back i was so nervous because um, sometimes like we've mentioned it so many times I'm, I have ideas now yeah. but at this moment when we were doing these which was like last week and a half ago uh-huh. um, I was like I don't like this I know <laughs> it's what you hard. mean sometimes they're just um, uh, yeah that was like <sighs> me last week well I don't know I kind of thought about that a lot oh my god it dented it. my whole leg um, in from crossing my leg <laughs> um, Tony who used to live in the house you live in now uh-huh. uh, did screen printing oh that's cool mm-hmm. for like his car job? i guess so yeah because mm-hmm. he got all excited when he knew or found out that i sewed and he was mm-hmm. like can you do tags for me we never i never did but oh oh like for the yeah, shirts yeah. like custom oh, tags fun. and um but yeah so i only 
is that in the like at conventions and stuff with when they have like the guy that does the the shirts like with the roller thing and that's screen printing right you know what i'm talking about mm, i i don't know where they like roll on the paint it looks like paint and then they like scrape it off mm-hmm, so yeah. it's screen printing mm-hmm. but yeah it's like you get to pick your stencil and your color or whatever yeah. so. what do you like come back when it's dry I don't know. Oh, I think it's like a heat. No, it's like, and then they press it after. So it's like the heat. I don't know. Something a little bit different. Maybe it's, maybe it's what I do. The heat press. No, it's not a press. (laughs) It's they roll it on and they scrape it off. I don't know. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it is. It's probably just like a form of it. Yeah. Quick dry. Why do I keep hitting this? I know. And then you keep doing this. It was, (laughs) I'm always like, can you, because I'm constantly messing with your microphone. Adjust it. But it's fine. No. (laughs) <laughs> leave it not fine uh okay well i guess i'll bring us down <clears throat> so i i know i was talking to you about like oh i'm struggling i had a bunch of different cases and mm-hmm. i couldn't pick and i usually like to find one that i don't know a whole lot about so then i learn as i'm researching mm-hmm. so then it's like that's usually when it's fresh in my mind yeah. because it's like oh my gosh this is new to me and this is crazy or whatever so mm-hmm. I, um, this is the case of Morgan Fox. Okay. So this is actually pretty recent in 2020. So on October 28th, 2020 in North Canton, Ohio, a 911 call comes in early in the morning Mm -hmm. and the caller states that he needs, um, police and medical because he is pretty sure his girlfriend is dead. He says he found her in the front seat of her car and that there's blood everywhere. He's like, there's blood like all in the back of her head. Um, I don't know if she was beaten or what. He just doesn't know what what happened. And he says that her name is Morgan Fox and she was 29 years old. So young. So police arrive on the scene. And this particular day, it was really rainy and wet, which, as you Mm -hmm. know, is not the best for preserving any kind (laughs) of evidence. Um, it just washes everything away and they see that the car is in the driveway and Morgan was partially inside and outside of the car. Mm. And she also had her purse like slung up on her shoulder. So she was getting ready to get out of the car. Well, yeah. Or in. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. in or out. This is early mm-hmm. in the morning. Um, in the cup holder in the center, um, there was money. So it's mm-hmm. not like it was a robbery. And yeah. then her like stuff wasn't messed with and um and then they see that um on the passenger door there's a bullet hole stop touching the microphone no <laughs> so <laughs> they um they notice the bullet hole and so they know okay this must have been a shooting uh so the coroner determined that there were two gunshot wounds in her head one behind her left ear and then the other one towards like the top of her head and detectives could tell with you know where she was shot and the location of her body that somebody must have just walked up on her and shot her execution style so some of her belongings were on the floor uh one of which was her phone and so this could be you know they're like oh great we have a phone it Mm -hmm. could help you know in the investigation but they're like is it gonna work Mm because it's been sitting out in the rain yeah so near the house there was an area that had like a white a big white vinyl fence like you know the big flat ones and yeah, you can't see through it. yeah and there's a strip of grass and there's um some like like tire marks oh okay 
um, leading away and there's like mud that got like flung on the fence. So they like sped off. Mm -hmm. So um, they knew, okay, the someone took off. This is clearly our suspect's tire tracks, like trying to leave the scene. So while they're investigating, Morgan's mom showed up at the scene and she tells them like, we have a routine where I call her. We talk every morning before she goes to work. How many of these have we done? Yes. Like, when you know, you know. The routine's off. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so they talk before she goes to work. And, um, you know, just like, oh, yeah, I'm up. And, you know, good morning. And da-da-da. I kind of do the same thing with my mom. Yeah. And and then she was, you know, going to leave for work. She worked at FedEx. So they know, okay, this obviously happened in the morning she had just talked to her her daughter this morning but as in most cases they um are gonna look at the people closest to them Mm -hmm. so that's usually the husband or the boyfriend so her boyfriend jason told detectives that they had been living together for around a year and he explained that she started work really early around 2 a.m so she would leave around 2 and then so he says he got out of bed at 6 a.m., kind of laid around for a while and then got up, you know, text her or whatever. And then he looked out the window and he saw her car was still in the driveway. Yeah. So he immediately went outside and found her and called 911. Mm-hmm. So detectives then ask him, like, would you be willing to come in for a more formal interview? And so he says, yeah, let me just go get some socks. And they're like, actually... We need to preserve any evidence. They don't know if it started in the house or what, you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, the one detective's like, oh, I'll go get socks. And he's just kind of like, never mind. I'll just go without socks. So the detectives are kind of mm-hmm. like, this is a little weird. So let's get a search warrant before we decide to look through the house. So they bring him in. They interview him. And he says that the night before, Morgan took her daughter. She's got a little girl to her mom's house around 8 p.m. because she had to work the next day. You know, you're not going to wake up your kid at two in the morning to go to grandma's house. Mm-hmm. Um, so she then came home and had dinner and went to bed. Jason then tells detectives that there had been an incident recently where her phone was on a desk at work and a group of male coworkers took her phone and looked through it. And he said this made her really upset. So detectives were also getting this information from other people. Oh, um, that she was having some issues with some coworkers, mm-hmm. so they're like, okay, well, you know, we'll start to look into them. So this neighborhood that she lives in um, doesn't see a lot of crime. It's a residential neighborhood, so detectives are like, you know what, let's go around and see if we can find any ring doorbells or you know surveillance, anything, yeah. <clears throat> and um, nothing, nothing of value, no cars or people in that time frame. So they were like, let's see if maybe there's some videos like in the cloud that didn't upload to people's phones or you know uh-huh. their app. So they applied for a search warrant to ring and it was a dead end. There was nothing mm-hmm. in that time frame. So then they're like, okay, let's look at her phone. Maybe her phone will be able to give us some information. Mm-hmm. Crime Lab couldn't get anything off of it because of a damaged data port. So they couldn't just like plug it in and get everything off of it. So detectives had to go through her phone manually, as, you know, anyone searching through a phone (laughs) would do. But it's, I get it, it's a lot easier. Oh, here's all her text messages. Mm -hmm. You can just sit at your computer and do it. So no, they had to actually, like, charge up her phone, look through it manually. 
And so this is like the only piece of evidence they really have since there's no like DNA or anything else at the scene. Mm -hmm. So the last message on her phone was from her boyfriend. And the messages between them, it's totally normal, perfectly healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. So on October 8th, Morgan had sent a message to Jason. So this is before she was killed. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is when she's saying, my phone got taken at work. You know, he's telling her about, or she's telling him about the male colleagues that took her phone. Mm -hmm. And her text message thread to him was open and they saw private and intimate photos of her that, you know, she's sending to her boyfriend. Yeah. Um, so this just verified what Jason had told them about what had happened. So they then go to her employer and they talk to the manager and the manager says, oh, yeah, we wrote up one of the guys who had the, the guy that had possession of her phone. Just wrote him up, mm-hmm. you know, and... um. And said, yeah, there were two other men involved. So this then, you know, they have three new suspects. You Mm -hmm. know, the boyfriend's still not out of the picture. He's still considered a suspect. So they have four suspects total now. Um, So they looked at the files of these three men. Two other men didn't really have anything significant, like no red flags, whatever. Mm -hmm. But the other man did have some concerning stuff. This man is Jason McDermott. And he had been in trouble previously for harassing a female coworker. Uh-oh. He would not leave her alone. And he had been told to, like, leave her alone. Mm-hmm. So now they're like, hey, he's looking like, a, a, you know, he had her phone. He was, you know, maybe he was harassing her. So then they need to find out, like, when did he arrive for work? And when he, when did he leave for work? So they're like, let's see all your surveillance footage and stuff. So they show the detectives the surveillance he's seen coming to work through like the back door and clocks in at 2 58 a.m he does his job then leaves around 9 58 a.m manager says he was totally acting normal did his job as usual so now they're like let's look at any communication that she may have had with any of her male co-workers on her phone mm-hmm. there wasn't any from one from one of the men there was Sorry. So there were some and it looked like it wasn't from the other two guys. It was from this guy. And he was trying to hit on her. But she was like, I'm in a relationship. And he was like, mm-hmm. oh, and he kind of stopped texting her. Mm-hmm. So. um, Oh, no, sorry. It wasn't that guy. It was the other two guys. One of them was like, hey, what's up? And like, oh, okay. nothing. So it's just like whatever. Not they the guy, that, got Not the guy that. Sorry, I mixed that up Is in my he? notes. Um. Because then he, his text messages were something else. So he was not only texting her, but this is so. what was so weird is he was like buying her breakfast and bringing her drinks and food to work. And like, I don't know. I don't think from her it was like mutual. I'm sure if like somebody just showed up and like, hey, I got you Starbucks. I'd be like, thanks. But like. What did you put in it? Yeah. I know. Well, that's what I'd be afraid. <laughs> but it would be kind of bad. Like at work, you would, you know. I'd really have to know the person. I would yeah. not. I'm like. I wouldn't accept a drink from a male coworker. I don't, I don't think I'd be like, I, would I don't trust you. There's pizza yeah. or something in it. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> but so, yeah, so it was just weird. And in these texts, he had said, if you need anything, I'm here. So he's clearly like wanting a relationship. Mm-hmm. But she's like, he's just seeing him as just maybe a friend. So maybe they yeah. were friendly. Mm-hmm. Then October 8th, the incident happens when he gets a hold of her phone mm-hmm. and she confronts him and basically is like, 
I'm done with you. And like it's already like not if it wasn't already annoying that someone's bothering you. But not only is the person that's been trying to pursue you has now seen that. Yeah. It's like extra and So gross. she's like, I'm done. Like yeah. we're not friends. So maybe she was friends with him at work mm-hmm. or friendly with him at work. I yeah. mean, you we're got coworkers. But yes. But then this happened. And so that's when then it, you know, she's not having it. So as they're looking through her text messages, they can see that Jason, Jason McDermott had text Morgan asking her how her trip was in Columbus to visit family. She hadn't shared that information. So that was number one, big red flag. Ew. And so at this point, at this point, detectives are like, we need to find him and just bring him in for questioning. We need to find out what this guy's deal is. Mm-hmm. So they bring him in. He was asked if he had feelings for her and he kind of went around with the whole like, yeah, I had feelings for her, but not those kind of feelings. Once I like really she was in a relationship, all that mm. stupid bullshit. Sure. Yeah. So then they ask him point blank if he knew who would shoot her in the back of the head or gosh, are you the one that did it? Yeah. You know, of course, he denied everything. So then they present him with a request to look through his phone, and they immediately look through it. This is where it gets crazy. Uh-oh. They this start is his lo- phone. Yes, okay. his phone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is just a quick search. They um, look at, through his phone and start with his location. You know, they're thinking, the time of the murder, where was he? Yeah. And they see he was at, um, he was at home. Um, at his apartment from about 4 p.m. the day before on the 27th until 2.48 a.m. the day of the incident as he leaves for work. Mm-hmm. So you would think this means he was just home that entire time according to location history. But detectives decide to send the phone to forensics to try to get as much as they can out of the phone. So kind of like what they did with her phone. Plug it in. Let's get all the details, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And see what his phone can show. So during this process, detectives receive a call that they you know, should possibly be looking at someone else who had a relationship with Morgan. And detectives go to his residence and talk to him and ask if, um, you know, can you come in for a formal interview? And he's yeah. like, sure. So he said that he and Morgan had a professional relationship and a friendship outside of work, but they look through his phone and see who he's like not, not really in contact with her. Mm-hmm. And he was nowhere near the crime scene. So that, you know, they're trying to, you could tell they're doing their work. They're trying yeah. to look at any tip that they have. So, they're still considering the boyfriend as a suspect, but now Jason McDermott's looking like like a pretty good suspect. Mm-hmm. So they find him. They were like, we need to go bring him in. They find Jason McDermott at his mom's house, mm-hmm. and they noticed his car in the driveway, and it was recently washed. Oh, of course. But remember the weather? It was raining. Yeah. Who goes to a car wash in the rain? Nobody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're going to get spots. Yeah. Because the no. rain's going to hit it and then dry all Yeah, gross. even with Rain-X, you're going to get... No. Mm-hmm. You don't... And not only that, but it's like anytime it... Well, in Southern California, anytime it rains, oh, free car wash. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Until the acid rain yeah. crystals dry on the paint. <laughs> so they're like, why would he get a car wash in the rain? Mm-hmm. So they find out that he had gone to a gas station called Sheets and it had a car wash. You know, like a lot of gas stations around here. Mm -hmm. So they pull the surveillance and they see him in the car wash going through after work. So this is after he's out of work. Uh, Partway through the cycle, he really gets like he backs up to get the tires and then goes back through and then he parks. And he walks around the car and he's looking around, especially on like the back passenger side. That's weird. Side. I totally thought they had like a hook. How can you move? I thought it like kind I, of grabs a hold of your car, I doesn't it? I think it's... 
Maybe it that's might, the kind where you just gas drive station, through and stop. Like I've seen. Those I think before so. Too. Yeah, where you just drive slow, uh-huh, and then it puts the light up or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, but it's wait. usually in a thing. I don't know, but Maybe. I think he just really wanted Weird. that like mm-hmm. back end cleaned. Mm-hmm. I so, why. Mm-hmm. so they so detectives get a crash reconstructionist to come out to the scene where the tire tracks were in the grass, mm-hmm. and they took measurements of them and they matched them to his tires. Mm-hmm. Okay, so measurements match. They have one thing. Um, after looking into him further, they could see that he had actually, this is where I'm like, it gets crazy. He had attended a vigil for Morgan Fox. And he had also put out a huge Facebook post about Morgan and how like justice needs to be served, you know. Mm-hmm. And w- in one of these long posts, this is what some of what it said. Quote, I wish I had time to list all the ways you have impacted my life, but the list would be so long we'd never make it to the end. You were the friend where if I was having a bad day, I knew I could always come talk to you. So he's making this whole big thing yeah, like they're like, like besties I didn't even like or something. You. <laughs> yeah, not anymore. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they were kind of close as Maybe. work friends, you know, but um, so he's like kind of injecting himself into this. And yeah. so there was a candlelight vigil that the coworkers had put together outside of her house mm-hmm. family had no idea this was happening oh gosh yeah and so you know they're out there like okay i guess we're doing a candlelight vigil and he walks up to the family at this vigil and kind of like singled out his daughter and gave her like special attention like talked to her more which mm-hmm. and they're like this is just this guy's weird yeah so yeah um so it's kind of looking like this guy's inserting himself into the mm-hmm. Trying to hang around. Yeah, hang around for the aftermath. So coworkers had commented on how he had become different after the whole phone situation at work. Mm -hmm. And that he was a little too focused on Morgan. Mm -hmm. I think he saw some pictures and just was like, I want that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. He became like super obsessed. Gross. So detectives then look at the data that came back from his phone. And this is what I'm saying. It's crazy. Um and so this is a lot of information that you wouldn't see just looking through it manually. Yeah. It, it could be stuff that's deleted, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like an in- intensive Right. Search. It's what the FBI can get, not the average person. Yeah. yeah. So um, Nothing is ever really deleted. Just yeah, remember that. <laughs> exactly. So you might search something up and delete mm-hmm. it. It's, it's, it's going to show. They're going to yeah. be able to it see. It will take more work, but it's not gone. Yeah. So they pull all this up and they look at his search history mm-hmm. that showed he was regularly visiting pornography sites uh-huh. and a lot of the videos he would rewatch and looking at messages with people he had a lot that were talking about Morgan mm. so like not directly to her but about mm-hmm. her yeah and then in this and on his phone they see that he had a Skype account and on that account he was pretending to be a lesbian woman uh-huh so <laughs> Yeah, okay. I'm like, okay. And this happened in the beginning of 2020. Mm-hmm. And he used Morgan in this com- in these Skype conversations uh-huh. as if they were having a relationship. Ew. And he even sent pictures of her as if they were like together. So he had pictures of her. Mm-hmm. There were thousands of photos on his phone and most of them were of Morgan. He oh my was, God. He was recording stuff off of Snapchat with an app that let him secretly record oh, okay. everything. Keep so all her he was keeping all her, all her Snapchat stuff. Yeah. So summer of 2020, he started secretly recording her at work. 
And then at her house, when things were okay between the two of them, this was before the phone thing. So Mm -hmm. they would like, I don't know if like he would give her a ride to work. I don't know. It sounded like they were kind of friendly. God, he probably ran off with her phone and took pictures of the naked pictures. Probably. I I don't know. But so it's clearly he's obsessed with her and she could care less she's already in a relationship Mm -hmm. so like it was really confusing in articles and on the show that i watched um it referred to jason the boyfriend as either her boyfriend or her fiance i don't know maybe they Mm -hmm. were engaged but it's conflicting even in one article it'll say boyfriend and then fiance later on but she's in a serious relationship she lives with him Mm -hmm. and i've been living with him for about a year Mm -hmm. so now there's really narrowing in on on him and realize this has to be our main suspect. So mm-hmm. they then start looking at traffic cams because just because his phone's at home doesn't mean he's home. You right. know, I forgot exactly. my phone at home and gone to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dang it. Or you know? purposely left the phone so he could go commit a crime. Yeah, so it's like they were just looking at his location. <laughs> yeah. So then they look at, uh, they found a traffic camera um, from North Canton that is heading towards Morgan's house. Mm-hmm. Of course, at 1.38 a.m., it shows her his car heading towards her house mm-hmm. then at 2 17 a.m it shows his car heading away from her house mm. so that was quick yeah well Jeez. bang bang that's yeah. all it was so he drove to her house and then drove back 2 17 a.m so they know his phone is at home he's not mm. at home here's his car driving so they search his car and there's nothing but they knew that a gun had been used but he doesn't have any guns registered to him, but his dad does. Okay. So they bring out a canine that specialized in explosives, and the dog hit on the driver's side door of his car. Oh. Uh, so, that's, yeah. That's so crazy. Even must, after a car wash, it's like the, inside the handle, because yeah. if he had it on his hands. and For sure. They yeah. smell the chemicals, the black powder, the magnesium. Mm-hmm. They smell all. That's so weird. So it shows there was some kind of, you know, a fired weapon in that mm-hmm. area. So this is what they needed to make the arrest. Mm -hmm. So his phone showed, obviously, how obsessed he was. And then his car showed that a gun, you know, had been used. Mm -hmm. And then the surveillance shows heading towards her house and then back. So all of this, you know, shows he wasn't at home. Didn't matter. So... They're like, we got our guy. He clearly yeah. did it. He it's was so, so obsessed. Weird. I'm like, what would you go to the car wash for then? Like, well, maybe- to get the mud off the back tires because he flung all that mud. I guess that's so true. It's like, oh, like, like, if it's it- raining, there'd be mud on your. Yeah, but he's thinking but, ahead. But, he's yeah. trying to cover up or, his shit. So yeah, he definitely. So- realize you can't even be like oh my god i freaked out and i killed I think her he was like, pulled he pulled up next to her car i think and then mm-hmm. shot out the window or something mm-hmm. i don't i didn't that wasn't yeah. specified um that mm-hmm. i could find and i searched yeah, i guess because i think like he might have just I mean, or yeah who knows but if he got really close up or yeah. like like because she I'm was showing, like, like, it looks like she was probably trying to get into her car. And he probably did that. I'm like showing you. Maybe. Like he made, like the way that the fence was, like, did they up? show no, you? No, they didn't did it, like, show. block her from it, being able to leave? Mm-mm. No, it looks like she didn't even get in her car yet. Like she was just probably opened Making up her door. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Dang. he was obviously charged with her murder. Yeah. And Morgan's young daughter, Amelia, she read a victim's impact statement at sentencing. And I'll read that. So it says, quote, <clears throat> I wish she could see me graduate from high school. I wish she could see me get married. You made it so she can't do any of these. I thought monsters weren't real, but you proved me wrong. You made it so she can't do any of these. 
Yeah. So and how old was yeah. she again? I'm sorry, you said I forgot. You said though in the beginning. I no, I it, just a young daughter. She no, oh, I said okay. how. Oh, her mom was a twenty. Um, sorry, I'll scroll back up. Twenty nine, <laughs> I think. Mm. Yeah, twenty nine years old. So she had a young daughter. But yeah, yeah. So he was found guilty of aggravated murder and menacing by stalking, and he was sentenced to life without parole so good what a scumbag that's so sad it gets so pathetic it's if i can't have you nobody nobody can can. yeah it's disgusting and like yeah none of these have a point ever but like this was so when they're so it's it's weird because it's like dude there's eight billion people on the planet go find someone else yeah yeah she was she was pretty blonde um obviously we always post a picture um so i'll have a picture of her and um young only 29 you know and with the young daughter and that's what's sad is mm-hmm. you know he took away someone's mom and at a young age for yeah. what because he was obsessed with her right because and it's like, weird you it's, don't want to like me yeah it's also weird that the obsession really seemed to kick off after he saw those photos in Ew, her phone right or so like maybe saw he, whatever she was talking about he's like oh i like what she talks about yeah like, i don't know but she so yeah she did say that that text message thread to she was obviously texting her yeah. boyfriend maybe set down her phone mm-hmm. put a lock on your phone people yeah <laughs> i have one sure. because i have little kids yeah and, I have one, too, just because the reality is, like, I think Kurt and I were just talking about this. Like, we, it, it's, it's literally, our whole lives are there. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't, don't keep that stuff on your phone, either. Yeah. Like, that is something you can delete because the average person is not going to find that. But, like, it's, nobody should be shamed for that. No. But, like, that's what assholes do. Mm-hmm. And I understand people want to send those things back and forth and stuff. But, like. It's so, you just can't trust that anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's so sad. No. And this is sad because it was with somebody that she could trust. It was with exactly. her boyfriend and somebody who was Some not in the relationship. Just three Go. asshole, immature yeah. little boy men. One being worse than the other. I think mm-hmm. he's the one that grabbed her phone. And honestly, you know what? She could have had a lock on her phone, but they were friends. And yeah. you may have seen her put her code in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I can't think of yours off the top of my head, but I've given you mine. You've given me yours mm-hmm. because it's like. I know. <laughs> I know my kids, like I said, we have two little ones that we have to have yeah. codes on our phone. So I know. Or they buy HBO. The, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Lincoln has bought HBO. So he's subscribed to HBO so many times. Um, so we just like perpetually have HBO. Um, Lenore called 911. Oh, Lincoln's no, done that. No, not 911. I think she called 211 or 611, oh. which is the worldwide emergency number. Oh, okay. So if you're out like in Europe backpacking and you don't know who to call, and she did, and then the woman, the operator scolded me. Yeah. She was like, you shouldn't let your child play with your phone. I was like, she's like three months old. Yeah. I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah. Lincoln's called 911 before on my phone. <laughs> they still sent cops. Oh, really? Yep. Just in case. I kind oh. of appreciate that, though. Just yeah. in case you no, tried to call and then you hung up because like, it's, oh, I'm just kidding. And then. Yeah. So, no, yeah, Avery was like, Lincoln wellness. called 911. And, and the operator, and she was like, do you need us? And I'm like, no, I'm so sorry. My <sighs> kid like she called 911. I'm sure it happens yeah. so often with how many yeah. kids play with phones. And then they learn, call 911 if you're in help or, or you need help. Yeah. But um, yeah. So I know. Yeah. My kids, and then I know Jax, and I know my mom's. Yeah, I know Kurt's. But um, I can't think of my mom's off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's weird. It's super weird. I actually was just listening to a different podcast, and they were talking about how, um, like, 
there's a whole new like therapeutic registered phobia of losing our phones mm-hmm. or not having the use of our phone in general like it's something that they're saying that our kids ages are experiencing like the worst thing you can do to them is take their phone away yeah like it's literally it's because <laughs> it's literally the yeah. only and i get it because when i was a teenager and i would get in trouble the only thing i would be grounded from not tv not my phone because back then you couldn't get on the internet on your uh-huh. phone and then even when you could it was like so garbage mm-hmm. it was the internet yeah yep well, I already couldn't use the internet unless my mom was home. Well, yeah, no, I had a computer in my room. Oh, no, yep, I, I didn't. couldn't. I couldn't use the internet if I got grounded because it was the only thing that was like, you know, that was the shit at the time. Yeah. So it wasn't like I could hang out with my friends. It wasn't. that. It was like, nope, you no, can't internet. use the computer. Yeah. I think it was the computer in general. So like I couldn't even play the Sims. Yeah. Well, speaking of computers and all that, it's like just kind of goes back to your phones are uh, just a computer mm-hmm. that you carry around all the time. And all they that get viruses. In- yes. That can all, steal all, your information. All that information on your phone can mm-hmm. be, you know, still on there. And I just like that a lot of crimes like this one are being solved by like... Like, you know, the, the, you know, information on the phone. It's like, oh, well, all oh. of this lines up. Uh-oh, yeah. We got someone crying in the background. <laughs> well, we should probably wrap We're it up. We're done anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, stay crafty. And not cry me. Bye. Bye.